we must appreciate the opportunity we have to achieve good things out of service to God. Here in the last few days, I had a remarkable revelation that I learned from just watching my dog. You know, dogs, they have an unwavering desire to be with their master. Whether doing or resting, the noble companions, they have so great a want to be with their masters that it puts them in turmoil, physical turmoil, to see their master leave. And strangely enough, that actually shows us something about how we should interact with God. Looking at the loyalty of man's best friend teaches us something about our own fallen insanity. You see, dogs are actually sane to desire to be in the goodness of their master. That's actually a rational thing, oddly enough. But yet, the sons of Adam, the daughters of Eve, we in our sinful depravity, we are crippled by an insanity that wants to reject the good. We are afflicted by a disloyal attitude of insanity that wants to rebel against the master and his goodness. Yet, when we answer his good call and minister in the circumstances of our lives to make good on those talents for which we live, we do find good things being sown and good things being reaped. So here at Kingdom of the Logos, I'm here with Pastor Amanda, and I'm just going to let her respond to that. What do you think about dogs being sane, <laughs> wanting to be with the master, and how insane we are to want to reject the goodness of God? Well, I think it, it's funny what we can learn from the rest of creation. And although humanity may have that more perfect image of God that we are created in, all of creation has uh, God's grace interwoven into it. And, and so we can learn quite a great deal by looking at the world around us. And I do think it is quite interesting, um, especially our pets that we have, how they can show us God's love in such a phenomenal way that where we think, you know, love can only exist between uh, a people, but our, our pets can teach us something about unconditional love, uh, almost an agape, a godlike love. Yeah. Um, but there is this desire in our pets to be with us. And it is, I think you mentioned this maybe in our, our, our uh, production kind of preparation about it is more than just our, our animals wanting us to feed them or give them treats or what they can get out of the relationship. But it is just this tie to us. And just so much so then that it should inspire us. Like, we don't want to just be with God because God gives us blessings or God saves us from, you know, hellfire. But what if we wanted to be close to God so that we could be in a better fellowship, a better community, a, a better relationship, and find that, you know, just as a dog is the most dog it can be if it is if it is being in a loving um, partnership with humanity, it is truly uh, humanity's best friend. What if we can only be that which we were created to be, to be the best human we can be, as if we are in fellowship with our, with our master, our maker, our creator? Yeah, and you know, I talk about this in the terms of sanity versus insanity. Mm. You know, we can look there, and last episode we looked in there in Psalms, um, Psalm 96, where it talks about how all the idols of the world, all the gods of the world, they are idols. And that's Psalm 96, 5. It says, you know, all the gods of the peoples, they're all idols, mm. but it was the Lord, the Lord God, the master of all creation who made the heavens. And whenever we have something other than God try to step in the gap to tell us what is good and evil, which again, we have to, if you do not have something telling you what is good to be admired and what is evil to be repulsed, you would sit on a rock with no clothes on and be content just wasting away till you died. Without an understanding that there's something to pursue and something to repel, you would just sit there. But whatever sits at the top of your moral compass guiding you will be your God. And whenever you have something other than God 
being your master, you will find insanity because nothing else is actually capable of showing you the mm. beauty of heaven, the ugliness of, of the void. Only God can show you that. Only through walking with him do you have a master capable of actually living up to that omnipotence, that omnipresence. And so outside of God, of course it's going to be insane. You're not a kooky, um, just kook out there if you think everything in the world is going to be crazy and nuts because it actually is. Outside of God, there is only the insanity. And so I want to share with you 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 9, where it says, Know this, first of all. That in the last day mockers will come with their mocking, following them after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue just as they were from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world was at that time destroyed by being flooded with water. And by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly people. And let this fact not escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, or as some count slowness, but instead he is patient towards you, not willing for any of you to perish, but that all might come for repentance." So in that scripture, it reminds you, there is something bigger than the moment around you. Mm. And all these people who mock, they're like the dog that might mock and say, oh, there are no masters. There's no goodness. It's nothing like that. Remember, there is a bigger truth. So they're out of that. Amanda, any thoughts on that scripture? Well, I think, you know, I've always been struck by this passage in the sense where the the mockers uh, that come to mock, um, they say, where is his coming? Because the world is continuing to be chaos. Yeah. And I think that's something we hear quite often when we talk about where is God in the midst of tragedies? Is Can God be a loving God if all these horrible things still happen? And like you said, there's something bigger than just the moment. Yeah. And that doesn't diminish the fact that in the moment there are some very crazy things and terrible things that are happening. But there's something a little bit more that, that is going on in the world around us. And so the, the mocker's logic may seem perfectly sensible in the moment. Yeah. But they forget that the creator of the universe is still creating. And yeah. that also the creator of the universe who pulled God's self back and allowed for human free will to enact itself still allows us to reap that which we sow. And yeah. that generally, sadly, is destruction. But in the end, and this is the promise of this whole passage, that God desires for all to come to repentance. This is a God of order that does not want to leave us in our disorder. And um, as much as we've talked about the the dog who wants to be with the master, um, we have a creator who deeply desires to be with us and pursues us. Um, Now, doesn't infringe on our free will. God continues to allow us to choose but this God pursues us. And I think if you've ever had a pet, you have had that moment where you've pursued your pet. You have wanted to cuddle it and hold it and pet it. And it kind of tries to squirm away from you. Um, but because we probably do squeeze our pets just a little too much. Uh, but there, there is a, a, a heavenly master, creator, parent who loves us and pursues us like none other. 
And uh, the mocking of the world around us will find itself to just be that. Yeah. And, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, you know, one of the things that we naturally do is ask the question, how could God allow this wicked thing, this suffering to happen? Mm -hmm. But as this text reminds us, God is bigger than you. He does not count the world in the way you do. And on top of that, we tend to think that the purpose of life, the fallen nature of sin, thinks the purpose of life might be to avoid suffering. That is clearly not what God prescribes as the purpose of life. There is a lot of suffering that God himself has undertaken, including death on the cross. And when you read that last verse, God is patient with you, not willing that any of you might perish, but that all might come to repentance. There is something bigger. Mm. So we'll wrap that up there. Pastor Amanda, would you close us in prayer? Sure. Well, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift of presence, how you are faithful to your people. And so as we have heard of your faithfulness, may we be transformed into your likeness that we may be faithful, faithful to our communities, faithful to uh, the body of Christ, faithful to our calling, and ultimately, God, faithful to you. May we grow in that faithfulness as only you can transform us. We ask all this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And on that note, God love you and have a blessed day.